Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. Woke Bud Light backlash is hitting distributors across America. Trump speaks out on his arrest on Tucker. And Alvin Bragg sues Jim Jordan. What the hell's going on there? Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton joins the show to discuss pardoning an army sergeant targeted by a Soros DA. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Lots of news happening, and you gotta stay connected. You gotta go with my boys at Patriot Mobile, ladies and gentlemen, for your cell phone service. Americans are done with woke companies. They are finished with woke corporations, and it doesn't get more woke than the cell phone companies. You got to get off those carriers, and you can get the same great service with Patriot Mobile. They are the only Christian conservative wireless provider that offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. You can get the best possible service in your area, plus a coverage guarantee. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. Get free activation with the offer code Benny, B-E-N-N-Y. We need to take a stand together to support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. Speaking of companies that maybe used to share our values or maybe just used to promote beer is Bud Light. Now, there are a lot of reasons to not drink Bud Light. And the reason we're starting our show on this topic, and a lot of people are going, oh, it's not important. Who cares? Why are you spending time on this? It is important. This is important. Cultural power is important. The stories we tell ourselves about our culture become our reality. Proving that there are consequences to actions is valuable. You must fight back in a culture war. What are we in right now? A culture war. Well, how do you win a war? To fight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I have for your viewing pleasure a stock. Bud Light stock, actually. The ticker is called B-U-D, Bud. You can see it here on your screen. This is the Bud Light stock from today. Well, you'd say, Benny, what's going on here? Why is this stock collapsing? Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, uh, we often say you go woke, you go broke. What you are witnessing right there is not just a little blip for Bud Light. What you're witnessing right there, Bud Light with a market cap of $138 billion, losing four points on its market cap due to you and me rejecting Woke ideology being shoved into every aspect of our life. That means that Bud Light has just lost in the tune of six to seven billion dollars. That's what that screen looks like right now. Six to seven billion dollars loss is what you're looking at right there. Okay, so that's the penalty. What was the crime? Well, when I was young, growing up, Budweiser, which is America's most notable arguably most famous beer brand. I mean, come at me, Bud, Budweiser, Bud Light is the most famous beer brand in America. It's out of St. Louis, started by Anheuser-Busch 100 plus years ago. German dude who wanted to make a good beer came here and he made Budweiser. That company, well, they used to create ads that appealed 
to the people who use their product. Typically the working man who wanted to come home and not be messed with, crack open a cold one, sit on his front porch and look out at his kids playing in his yard after a long day's work. Your standard American man who is proud of this country, who put down roots here, who bought dirt here, who maybe fought for this nation, and he deserved to have a cold one. Budweiser's advertising reflected that person. This is what Budweiser ad looks like when I grew up. If I thought that no one cared about the things I do in life, well, I'd still care about working hard and making it turn out right. Made in America, that means a lot to me. Oh, I believe in America and American quality. Give to you. At Anheuser-Busch, it's the same personal commitment to quality that has kept our family's beers the finest in the world for over a hundred years. Here's to you, America, my best I give to you. Somebody still cares about quality. So there's men working in a factory. There's guys winning Olympic golds. There's Clydesdales. There's dudes at the bar after work. There's ice cold Bud Light in a mug. Now, you could argue, as I would, that Bud Light has taken a little bit of a hit because the craft brewing industry has really proven to normal Americans what beer should taste like, and it shouldn't taste like piss water siphoned through a barn filled with hay and stomped on by a mule. That's what I think Bud Light tastes like. But that's beside the point. Bud Light was one of the best-selling beers in America. Bud Light was ubiquitous at sporting events and, and in culture. Now, what happens with the woke mind virus? The woke mind virus is something that infects your brain with pure self-loathing and hatred for yourself, your community, your job, the people around you, maybe the products that you rep. And you might look at the, the, the Bud Light drinker, the occasional Budweiser drinker, and say, hmm, if you are infected with the woke mind virus, uh, that person deserves to be insulted. That hardworking, proud of America, sweat off his back, grease under his nails, mechanic or farmer or dude, they deserve to be insulted. They deserve to have their beer be the vessel, the Trojan horse, for my ideology that hates them. And that is precisely what Bud Light did when they released this ad three weeks ago. So that, of course, is Dylan Mulvaney cosplaying a woman. Bud Light embraced radical gender ideology. Now, you could argue, why is a beer, again, that tastes like rainwater, that has been funneled through the gutter on your grandmother's house, 
uh, and mixed in with some leaves and sticks from inside of a squirrel's nest. Why is that beer, the beer that's available for a buck fifty during happy hour at your bar, why is that beer somehow being used to push radical transgender ideology, taking advantage of a mentally ill person to do it? That beer must hate me because I actually care about, I don't know, inflation, having a job, providing for my family. What the hell is going on here? You wouldn't be alone. Kid Rock, as soon as that partnership with Dylan Mulvaney was announced, Kid Rock had his own response. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. Kid Rock was joined by Bud Light drinkers across the internet in their loathing now of their once favorite beer. This is what brand suicide looks like. I'm showing you the consequences of an action right here. This is what brand suicide looks like. You virtue signaling bunch of cultural cuckolds. What's everybody about this shit? Mother. I got a message for Bud Light. Hope that's clear. I'm out. So, why would they do this? What could possibly cause this brand to insult such a loyal customer base? Well, wokeness. The loathing, the self-loathing of everything in your life, yourself included, your own gender, your own church, your own country, your own customers. The self-loathing was done by a woman in charge of marketing at Bud Light. Her name's Alyssa Heinerschneid. Alyssa Heinerschneid said that Bud Light was fratty, that Bud Light was out of touch, that the Bud Light customers who she despises and by the way, this is a woman who's never had a sip of Bud Light in her entire life. That is self-evident. If you look at her, she went to the Horton School of Business. She went to Harvard. She went to Groton as in the preparatory school. Only fancy people know how to say the word Groton. This is a person who has never once walked into a bar or a convenience store and said, hand me a six pack of Bud Light, please. Or get me a Bud Light happy hour drink, please. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with this is the person right there. The problem with modern day America is that brands are hiring people who hate you and hate them because wokeism is at its core a cult. 
a cult of self-hatred. And this person clearly hated their own customers. She gave a uh, little speech in a podcast about how much she hated Bud Light, saying that the brand was in decline and that their drinkers were far too fratty, meaning their customers weren't the kind of person that she wants to be the customer. She and her Xanax-popping Chardonnay moms in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, they like drinking Chardonnay. So Bud Light should appeal to Chardonnay drinkers, not the workers who order it after being on a construction yard. Ch- check out this clip from her from her podcast. It is, I mean, it's gobstopping. That's why suddenly everything, even beer cans, are celebrating and promoting transgenderism. Bud Light has just released a commemorative can celebrating a man who dresses up like a woman. His name is Dylan Mulvaney. Here's Alyssa Alyssa Heinerscheid, who brags that she is the first female VP of Bud Light, telling us that Bud Light loves Dylan Mulvaney, but hates its own customers. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. What does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important that we had another approach. Out of touch, fratty and out of touch. Is there anyone more out of touch than that woman? Is that woman the perfect physical embodiment of the problem in America? Yes. How do people like that take charge of our country? The least impressive, the dumbest, the most reactionary, the people who live in the tiniest little worlds, they run everything. How indeed? Why would Bud Light commit brand suicide? And Bud Light hasn't posted on social media since they released their partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. They haven't backed it up. They haven't supported it. They've just gone blackout. And so, by the way, has Lisa Heinerschneid. Alyssa Heinerschneid, who lists herself as a she, her on Instagram, sorry, LinkedIn, 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 the place where smug corporate people go to brag about themselves. You can see here, Alyssa Heinerschneid, well, she has deleted her Instagram account. She nuked her account. This is a person who bragged openly about how much she hated her own customers, how important she was as the first female lead of a Lardeth beer company in the industry. You can see right there, because it is all about me. Of course, it's not about your brand. It's not about your customer. It's not the quality of your beer, which is woefully lacking. It's about her and her story and her achievements and her accomplishments. And you're going to like a man cosplaying a woman drinking your beer and the fact that we're paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Alyssa Heinerschneid has a dead link now on her Instagram. She has deleted her account. You can see that she has been cataloged right there. Alyssa Gordon Heinerschneid, LinkedIn. Let's go ahead and click on that link, shall we? 
What does it say? Oh, my. Uh-oh. Couldn't be found. Real bravery right there. Real bravery there from Melissa Heinerschneid. And you know what's also so stunning and brave? That you're ruining people's lives here. Let me show you the uh, let me show you the stock price one more time. Here's the stock price from this morning. This is the ticker for BUD, Budweiser. This is Budweiser losing billions of dollars. You're talking a $7 billion hit there. What is it down by? It's down by four points this morning. $132 billion market cap. $7 billion lost. That's on a large scale for big investors. What about the people who, if Bud Light doesn't sell, then they're not able to feed their family? What about those people? Because there's a lot of people who depend on this brand. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most painful video I will show you today. Bud Light distributor walking through a store packed with Bud Light saying, I've never seen it like this. No one is buying our product. Go. Um, I work for an affiliate company. I am a merchandiser. And the sole product of the company I work for is Anheuser-Busch products. So with all this canceling going on, um, there's, I mean, I've never seen such little sales in this past few days uh, on these products. And it's, it's sad because when people don't buy this beer, I don't make money, and I can't feed my family. So it's kind of uh, heartbreaking, I guess, that um, Anheuser-Busch did what they did. They don't know their clientele. So it's uh, kind of heartbreaking. Thanks, Anheuser-Busch. I may not be able to feed my family coming up here soon. Absolutely heartbreaking for a man like that. And there are people walking through grocery stores all over America now seeing shelves empty for competitors for Budweiser, but the Budweiser cans stocked to the brim. We have such a clip here, along with some very... uh, comical music and mockery uh, in the wings. Go. Real man of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Budweiser head of marketing guy. Only you could take a beer and make it 20 years of amazing ad campaigns and this is where we end up. Not gonna buy it. What the f*** were you thinking? What were you thinking? Fox News, Bud Light suffers bloodbath as longtime loyal customers revolt against transgender campaign. This is an article that goes through bar after bar after bar saying no one can sell Bud Light anymore. Bud Light is down 50%, according to a bar in St. Louis. A bar in Massachusetts normally outsells, uh, Bud Light outsells Miller Light and Coors Light 25 to 1 in Braintree Brewhouse in Massachusetts. Now they can't get rid of the stuff. No one will order it, they're saying. They're having to dump it out. A pub in Hell's Kitchen, New York, neighborhood known for its large vocal gay community, reported that Bud Light draft sales have dropped 58% this week, while Bud Light bottle sales were down 70%. Oh, okay. Got it. So what's the point of all this? I mean, is the point of all this to, like, cause guys like that 
to have painful lines, to like hurt the small distributors. You know, there's a map that shows where all the distributors are in America for Budweiser. And that map shows that hundreds of distributors are in the South and in the Sun Belt and then up the East Coast. And then it really peters out through the rest of the country. So the vast majority of the population of people who drink your beer are living in the Bible Belt, effectively, so-called. And so what does that mean? That means that as a brand, when you decide to embrace an ideology that is anti-Christian because God created two genders, and that is what billions of people believe around the world, well, then you're going to piss people off. In fact, being anti-Christian is a very bad thing to be inside of a nation where still 80% of the people believe in God, 70% of the people are Christians by denomination, but it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or a Jew, which makes up the preponderance of other religious people, you still believe in God's design and creation. This is what you're doing. This is important. I think the messaging really needs to hit. The messaging needs to be when you embrace this ideology, you do so at your own peril because what you're doing is you're making a mockery of the belief system that has existed for thousands of years for billions of believers around the world in God's creation. Satan always mocks God's creation. It is amorphous. It is demonic. When you see the reflections of Satan's work, in reality, look at the statue that sits atop now a courthouse in New York, fittingly. The golden statue of the amorphous demon, the bastardization of God's creation. It is unchristian. It is anti-Christian. Call it what it is. You are mocking people of faith. And now you're some of your biggest, most notable, most famous brands in this country are doing that. Now, what are we going to do about it? This is why I'm leading the show out on it. This is why we've done 20 minutes on this subject. And this is why it's important to talk about. Because I can show you article after article after article of distributors saying, we can't sell beer. We're going out of business. This one decision is not just about a guy cosplaying a girl. It's not about that. It's about the mockery of the foundations of this country, this God-fearing Christian nation. You are spitting in our face, and you're doing this on the same week that a transgender, mentally ill person shot up a school and slaughtered Christians. You did it as a targeted act of terrorism, and where in the hell is the manifesto? Why can't we see it? You know why. So there must be pain. There must be retribution. There must be a consequence. When my two-year-old's acting up, putting smeared all over the place, plate broken or whatever, there must be a consequence. Everyone understands this. And this is our consequence. This is us proving that we, the moral people in this country, the consumers in this country, who make up the vast majority of this country? What's the population of transgender people? What, who exactly are you trying to appeal to here? What Alyssa Heinerstein is trying to appeal to here is her direct group of friends inside of a posh Greenwich, Connecticut 
90% Joe Biden voters on the woke train, delinquent, kids hate them, their husbands hate them, wine moms, Lululemon pant wearing, Xanax rattling around in their purse. She's trying to appease her friends. She doesn't care about the customer. She cares about a sick ideology that is in vogue right now. That's it. And so we must punish those people. We have to penalize them. We have to have it hurt for it to not happen again. And while we still have power in this country, which we do, we have the majority of the power. The transgender population is like 0.001 correction percent of the population. If you're going to appeal to them, fine. There's going to be a suffering that happens. You are going to hurt by doing that. And we need more of it. And I'm sick of these conservatives saying, why are you wasting your time on this? I'm wasting my time on this because these people are demanding something that I will not give them. The agency to raise my children, the agency to believe in my God and to believe in my faith and the capacity to say with a clear voice that biological reality is true. Fact is fact. Two plus two equals four. You will not take it away from me as long as I am standing here and breathing and you will not take it away from my children. And if you dare to try and inject that further into the brands that I love, then consider those brands dead. And so I'm 100% on the bandwagon. Do not ever buy a Bud Light product again, a Budweiser product again. Be done. Extract pain. And wait for that company to apologize. Watch them grow. They must fire everyone, get down on their knees, apologize, disavow, disavow. Then we can have a conversation. Then we can get started. That's it. That's what you will do. You will kneel before us and you will apologize. Until then, no Christian, no person of faith, no red-blooded American. If you have red blood in your veins, then you do not buy a Bud Light product. The end. The end. And then what happens? A bunch of smaller companies who don't have this market cap say, my God, we will not be using our products as a Trojan horse to push wokeness or ESG or DEI or any of this garbage. It's Marxist crap. Not here. We don't do that here. Trust me, this will have a profound and already is having a profound effect on the marketing and marketers of America. And the dumbasses who run this company and outsource the creative to these monsters. Mark my word. Trust me. This is already having an effect. I have a lot of people and a lot of friends in this industry. This is having a chilling, horrifying effect. They are learning a harsh lesson here and it hasn't even begun. In case you're wondering what it looks like at scale to be done with Bud Light, here's a cement roller crushing thousands of cans of Bud Light. I don't know where these guys got so much Bud Light. There's your there's your customer, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why it matters. And that's why it's important. And that's why shaving off billions of dollars on their market cap, putting their distributors out of business, and saying no more matters. These moments matter, ladies and gentlemen. If you are going to purchase Bud Light, you might be using a dollar bill. That's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think you should be purchasing Bud Light at all. 
And frankly, that dollar bill is worth less than ever. Inflation is stubborn and very, very bad for your pocketbook. That is why I encourage you to consider diversifying in precious metals. Take my advice and protect your financial future with something real, gold and silver, for my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA and 401k with physical gold and silver. If you prefer to have it directly delivered securely to your front door, you can do that. You can hold it in your hot little hands, the hands that are not holding cans of Bud Light. Since the beginning of time, there's only one universal currency that has the value stacked up against fiat currencies, and that is gold. We have a fiat currency system. They're going to introduce a digital dollar soon. Scary, scary stuff. Allegiance Gold is the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink, AAA rating, and Better Business Alliance. An A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Get up to $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithbenny.com today. Or give them a call at 844-790-9191. Protect with Benny today. Donald Trump was uh, protecting quite a bit last night when he (laughs) talked with Tucker, saying that the women and men who were booking him inside of New York were sobbing, that they were crying when they booked him because they knew what was going on. They knew the collapse was at hand of everything that we hold dear. They knew that this was a very, very scary moment. And the people who booked Donald Trump inside of the New York courthouse there in dark blue Manhattan, according to Donald Trump, were weeping. Watch. Well, it was a horrible thing because I did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. You look at even the pundits and the legal analysis, Greg Jarrett, all of these really talented people, they're saying he didn't do anything wrong. So that's number one. Number two, they were incredible. When I went to the courthouse, which is also a prison in a sense, uh, they signed me in. And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that work there, professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Uh, they'd say 2024, sir, 2024. And tears are pouring down. There is. I've never seen anything like the whole, Those people are phenomenal. Those are your police. Yep. Those are the people that work at the courthouse. They're unbelievable people. Uh, many of them were in tears or close to it. Uh, many apologists were sorry, sir. We're sorry. They had to have me do certain things. They said, sir, I, I can't believe I have to ask you. I can't even believe that I have to ask you to do it. You could see. So in one sense, it was beautiful because they get it. Uh, in another sense, you know, it's nasty. I went to the Wharton School of Finance. They didn't teach me about that. That wasn't the arraignment part. That wasn't that wasn't we didn't have a class on arraignment. Donald Trump was in rare form last night. He was loose. He was funny. He was jawing back and forth. He was in 2016 form last night with Tucker. He sort of has a tendency to go on. As soon as you get him started on a topic, he'll just like go for 10, 15 minutes. I've been in multiple rooms with Donald Trump, sat next to him and eaten McDonald's French fries with the man. And uh, that's what he does. Just ends up talking about whatever he wishes to. And you sort of saw that at play for the entire hour last night on Tucker's show. It was a great, great interview. Tucker's going to come back tonight with more of it. Donald Trump had to be bleeped one time during the interview, calling the investigations against him BS. We, of course, agree. They're trying to prevent you from making it to the general election yep. by tying you up in lawsuits, charging you with crimes. 
you've described the process, the old Soviet process, the old Soviet process, and you've described it as illegitimate. If this goes to trial and you get convicted, like how would you respond in the middle of a presidential campaign? Well, how would it's you so off. The statute of limitations are years off. Uh, it's it's hard to believe. You know, usually when you have something like this, the Democrats say, "Oh, he's terrible, guilty." The Democrats have even said, "I'm innocent." I watched some of these. I think it was Andrew McCabe, the FBI guy who I fired. He came out. He said. They've got no case. They've all come out and said it. And then you've had uh, Andrew McCarthy. You've had Jonathan Turley, uh, Greg Jarrett, uh, Dershowitz, all of them. Everybody like and they're, you know, down the middle people. They see it. They say there's no crime. There's no there's no anything. Think of it, Tucker. I've been through seven years of investigations, seven years. They've looked at, I have a very big company, much bigger than they understand. In fact, when they finally got my taxes, they said, whoa. You know, they took them years to get the taxes. They got them. That was the last you ever heard. You never heard one thing about them. So Donald Trump rolling there as he does. Tucker Carlson asked a question about the investigations, and you'll hear like 90 minutes about what Xi Jinping did when he was at Mar-a-Lago. It's very interesting. Again, it was Trump. He was jawing. He was loose. He was ready. And he was also ready for these questions about Joe Biden. Now, he said that there's nothing that you could do to stop him or get him to drop out running for 2024. Trump said he's dead set. None of these investigations are going to stop him from running in 2024. He's not going to drop out. He's going to charge forward. That's 2016 Trump. Then he was asked about Joe Biden, what he thinks about Joe Biden. I thought this was probably the most newsworthy answer of the night. Donald Trump on Joe Biden's fitness and health. Go. Do you think Biden will stay in the race? Look, uh, I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer of talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, I don't think he can. So what is Donald Trump fighting right now? Well, he's absolutely fighting evil. You can describe it no other way. These are people who wish to silence your voice, whether it be with Bud Light and their marketing. They want to insult you. They wish to insult you. And so now Alvin Bragg, Soros DA, New York, is suing Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is performing oversight here. We've had multiple members of Congress and legal experts on saying if you use federal funds to go after a federal candidate for office, well, that means congressional oversight. That is the jurisdiction of Congress. So Alvin Bragg was questioned upon his conduct in this case, which is not a case at all. They're just manufacturing things to use against Donald Trump. And Alvin Bragg has responded by suing Congress. It's beyond parody. There's only one way to describe it. It's, the, of course, the collapse of our system, but really, what's at the root of it? Evil. We're God. God isn't God. We're God. And you can't take away our power. If you try and even check our power constitutionally, we don't acknowledge that document. AOC, just last week, saying, just ignore Supreme Court rulings. Just ignore them. Doesn't matter. They've lost legitimacy. Why? 
because I said so. I'm God. I can decide what my gender is. I can decide whether the waters rise or lower in the ocean. Remember that Barack Obama promise? If you elect me, the ocean levels will recede. <laughs> in case you need any further insight into the worldview of these people. Uh, Alvin Bragg sued Congress yesterday. Just jaw dropping. Watch. So lawsuits, Jesse, can be a pretty good way to stall an investigation or at least put your opponent on its heels. And that gives your, uh, your side a chance to lengthen the game and maybe craft a better defense plan. And that's what critics are arguing tonight is really at play here in New York. As lawyers for Alvin Bragg have filed a suit, as you point out, seeking to bar Jim Jordan and his congressional allies from enforcing a subpoena sent to a gentleman by the name of Mark Pomerantz. He was actually the leader of the New York DA's Trump investigation, then left and later wrote a book about the experience. Now, the 50-page suit accuses Jim Jordan of brazen and unconstitutional attacks on the prosecution of Mr. Trump and a transparent campaign to intimidate and attack the DA. But on Twitter, Jordan responded saying, quote, first, they indict a president for no crime. Then they sue to block congressional oversight. When we ask questions about the federal funds, they say they use to do it. Now, today, uh, the judge in the case issued a temporary restraining order uh, that actually had been proposed by Alvin Bragg's lawyers. Instead, she ordered that Jordan's attorneys respond by the 17th, and she has scheduled a hearing for April the 19th. Bottom line here, Jesse, really we want to know, were federal funds used in a state prosecution? Where's the gut check? Where are Republicans on this? What are Republicans going to do? Or are we just going to let the small cabal of Marxists take over our entire country, our favorite beer brands? But more importantly, the rule of law. Is there any rule of law anymore? Where's the check? We're in a culture war. Where's the war element? War means you fight back. There is one man who is fighting back in the state of Texas which, with one of the darkest stories in the last 72 hours of a news cycle. Texas Attorney General Paxton hammers Soros-backed DA, backs pardon for a veteran who fatally shot a BLM protester. So what's the story here? Uh, Sergeant Daniel Perry was trying to make a living driving an Uber. He got attacked. He got an AK-47 pointed in his face. He has a right to defend himself. Stand your ground laws, self-defense in Texas. Now, the protester was part of a BLM movement protest. So his protesters mob his car and point guns in his face, Kyle Rittenhouse style, um... He defends himself. And now he is the one going to prison. Why? Because of a George Soros-backed district attorney. Here's the latest on that. There's a motion for a new trial filed on behalf of the Army sergeant convicted for the murder of a Black Lives Matter protester in 2020. Prosecutors say Daniel Perry shot and killed a demonstrator in Austin who was holding an AK-47. Governor Greg Abbott is calling on a Texas board to recommend a pardon. Now, DA Jose Garza, a Democrat, is asking for a meeting with those officials to present evidence from Perry's trial. So Ken Paxton has demanded that the legislature address malicious prosecutions and prosecutors who are not doing their job. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, a hero in the state of Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton. Mr. Attorney General, thank you so much for being on the program. We certainly hope that this is not just 
Uh, words, we hear a lot of that from politicians. This is a story that's rocketed around the country, and a lot of people are really worried about what's happening inside of the state of Texas. Can you give us some cold comfort in this situation? Yeah, look, we've got real problems in Texas. We have several counties, our largest counties, who Soros has funded elections against other Democrats who are actually prosecuting and brought in guys like Jose uh, Garcia, who have not been prosecuting. And the, the, the result is our crime rates have gone up and many many crimes that the legislature has put in place, he's nullifying. And then you have this case where it looks like he's going after somebody, ruining their lives in a case where they should have been left alone. And he, and so, and, and the sergeant was left alone until he was, until Jose Garza was elected. The previous DA did not prosecute him because I'm guessing it looked like self-defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what would be the way to restructure malicious prosecutions through the legislature how would how would you how would you do this i mean i suppose what is the battle plan to go after this everyone sees that this is unjust as a political persecution uh what is the battle plan here look it's a complicated issue but in many states you have uh, the attorney general can actually have some type of concurrent jurisdiction over over uh, criminal cases in our state the da's are the sole decider of whether things get prosecuted and how they get prosecuted there's no oversight for them so we have no oversight for them. They can do whatever they want. If the Texas mm. legislature passes laws that you're going to prosecute, you know, shoplifting, or you're going to prosecute abortion, or you're going to prosecute um, drug crime, and they decide not to, uh, nothing can be done right now. And if they decide to maliciously prosecute people, there's no accountability. DAs, district attorneys in Texas, particularly the ones in these large counties that Sor- and Soros has figured this out, they know they can do whatever they want, and there's no accountability. There's nothing that that anyone can do under current law. Hmm. So re, so pass laws that provide some type of oversight for your office. You're the top law enforcement official in the state of Texas, correct? Yeah, I don't think there's a, I think you have to, you have to have some accountability for district attorneys. Everyone, everybody else has accountability. There's some mechanism for accountability for all of us, except for the district attorneys. They need accountability. I think you need to have concurrent jurisdiction for the attorney general's office on all criminal matters. And then some type of, of, of place that you can file a grievance if a district attorney is is maliciously prosecuting people. You certainly can do that against lawyers. How come you can't do that against a district attorney? Yeah, that's a great, really great question. You you live in, I, I don't know if you live in Austin, but you do work in Austin. That's where the state capital is. Austin is such a strange city because it doesn't seem like Texas. There's rampant homelessness. Uh, there are areas that are very crime-filled, drug-filled. Uh, why is Austin a mess? Very liberal. I mean, we have, you know, obviously the seat of government tends to to to, to have that. Uh, we also have University of Texas, and it's just been a liberal city for a long time. It's gotten more liberal, more progressive. And uh, we've watched, as you said, as homelessness, crime has gone up. Um, it, it's it's turning into a different type of city. It's, it's becoming more like San Francisco than I'd like. Now, hopefully that we can stem the tide, but that's that's the direction that some of the leaders now we I think we have a, a much better mayor than we had. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that direction is, is changing. Mm-hmm. I live in Tampa, Florida. In Tampa, Florida, a uh, state attorney was removed. A Soros backed state attorney was removed for simply not following state law. Texas is a very strong stand your ground state, obviously a Second Amendment loving state. Uh, is there any conversation about actions like that against this attorney? Uh, actually, the legislature is trying to pass a removal statute right now, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, that that will be passed. The challenge would be, where does that case go? If it goes to an Austin judge, 
uh, it becomes very challenging to make that happen because Austin judges tend to be really liberal and they're likely going to stand on the side of a, a district attorney who's either maliciously prosecuting a case like this or not prosecuting other crimes. So I don't know how it's all going to play out in the end, but I, I, I'm hopeful but also concerned that if, it, if the decision is going to be made in a liberal county, we're going to have trouble ever actually effectuating that statute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there is, I mean, I just want to give some cold comfort again to the audience. There is motion by Republicans and elected officials in the state of Texas to ensure that this wrong is righted. Uh, how long do you think that the parole board will take to get a parole uh, recommendation to the governor? I don't know. Uh, I'd certainly uh, encourage them to look at all the evidence, look at what was said at trial. And I, I'm sure that'll take a couple of weeks to get through all the records of trial. Um, I, I think I, I would hope, be hopeful that that would happen within a month. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this guy's got a lot on the line. His whole life is on the line. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very encouraged that they're looking at it. I'm very encouraged that the governor said this. And I really do think this is going to end up coming out with the right result. Unfortunately, this is only one case. And, you know, this one got a lot of publicity, but how many more like this do we have? And my concern is we need to address um, this type of case going forward so that other people have a chance to survive uh, a potential malicious prosecution. Yeah. I mean, you, you are, of course, seeing lawfare across the nation, targeting conservatives, targeting re- Republican presidential candidates, leading Republican presidential candidates in New York. So that seems strange and is certainly aberrant uh, to our American experience. But here we are. Uh, Joe Biden and his family attempted to sell uh, an enormous amount of oil, Texas oil, to the communist Chinese when Joe Biden left office, a company called CEFC. Uh, would you be in favor of looking at uh, the Biden's business dealings in Texas since now apparently that's fair game with no statute of limitations? Uh, look, I'd certainly, I certainly, I think somebody should do it. Uh, again, the, the legislature hasn't given me that authority to do it. I don't have any more authority to do that than you do. I wish I did. Uh, but, you know, Hillary Clinton, same issue. Her That investigation went, went nowhere. We never had any transparency about all the issues related to her foundation and about what happened to her with her server issues. None of that was transparent. None of it was really explained. And yet, you see what's happening to, to our leadership, uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, bogus claim, we don't, we don't even know the, the crime that he actually committed that under, underlies the whole thing, making it a felony. It's, it's, it's totally convoluted. But the problem we have in Texas, again, is we don't have a system that allows for that type of investigation unless a district attorney in Texas who had some connection to it can bring it. I see that as very unlikely. We're never going to get to that question that you're talking about. So, like uh, – uh- Assuming that the deal went through, they were going to sell a ton of natural gas. A lot of that would have been made in Texas and Midland. There's certainly a district attorney that's conservative there. And so would you and you know, these district attorneys in Texas, would you be in favor of one of them if they if they were able to see a footprint for the Biden family there in Texas? Would you be in favor of one of those district attorneys opening up an investigation for selling Texas oil to to our uh, global rival uh, communist China? Absolutely. I think if, if there is a legitimate issue, uh, a possible crime, then I think the district attorney in any county that has jurisdiction should take a look at it. And, and, and as, as, the, as the left loves to, loves to say, no one's above the law except them. Uh, and then they use the law as a weapon against us and not for, for just cause, but for things like that are happened to Donald Trump and to Sergeant Perry. Mm-hmm. 
you uh, final question here. Uh, you've been winning in court cases against the Biden administration. Texas has been racking up a number of wins against the Biden administration via the invasion at your border. You have the longest border. Uh, the vast majority of criminal migrants come flooding across Texas border and then affect Texas uh, communities. Can you give us an update on the border battle with the Biden administration? Yeah, so I think we can see what worked. We saw what Donald Trump did and how Im illegal immigration dropped significantly. The, the importation of drugs, human trafficking dropped significantly uh, over the years that he was president. The things that worked were Remain in Mexico, which we have a lawsuit with the Biden administration over right now. Because that's how they're that's the main way that they're they're getting around our immigration laws is just walking in to Border Patrol, not running from them, claiming magic word of asylum. And then they're in and the Biden administration moves them around. That case is really important. The Title 42 that we've also sued over to that protects us from illegals coming in potentially with some type of disease or uh, virus. That one we're in litigation with. And and finally, the wall, that's the ultimate solution, along with having more Border Patrol agents. And we're, we've got a lawsuit over that because Congress funded it and the Biden administration refused to spend the funds on the very thing that Congress appropriated them for. So those three areas, if we can be successful in those eventually, will stem the tide of illegal immigration. The problem is, for us, it takes a while to go through the whole court process to, to get the win. Uh, a follow up to that, because you did mention the wall, there were multiple press announcements that we were thrilled to cover that Texas would be building its own wall. Can I get an update on that? Yeah, I think that's a slow process because it's so expensive and we have over 1200 miles of border with Mexico. So I know that I know that we're acquiring land where we're, we are building the wall, but it's 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 for us, given that we don't have unlimited money like the federal government, we actually have to raise the money. We don't print the money and it's it's a much longer process. The better way to go, the more there's a more swift way to go. The way that would work more effectively is if the federal government would build that wall and the Biden administration would at least spend the funds that were appropriated to do that. Hmm. Well, it's, uh, that's, that seems like uh, a very much a pipe dream. <laughs> that's the, I, do, I do not believe that Joe Biden, uh, hook or crook, is going to be building uh, any portion of the wall. In fact, he probably will be tearing down any portion that is currently built. We've, we've seen that actually around the country. I've, I've seen the wall rotting in the desert. It is mm -hmm. bewildering. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Attorney General. You came on to talk about Daniel Perry. We really appreciate your strength on this issue. Uh, please come back with an update uh, and hopefully a good one. This seems to be a good man and uh, a veteran, and a man who served this nation, uh, wrongfully politically prosecuted uh, in order to get a scalp for George Soros and it's evil. Well, thanks for covering this story. It's really important. And just the exposure uh, gives this guy a chance to have freedom, which I think he deserves. That's right. Attorney General Ken Paxson, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh my, ladies and gentlemen, how the turntables do indeed turn. So you will hear uh, quite a bit about Donald Trump and how criminal he is and how important it is that we prosecute Donald Trump for 34 different felonies and he might spend 300 years in prison, right? But snuck into the news cycle here are little stories like this. Hunter Biden's business partners, assistants visited White House over 80 times when Biden was vice president. 80 times there was like a turnstile that was being run by Hunter Biden at the White House. Four business partners, a vice president and two assistants at Hunter Biden's now defunct firm visited the White House more than 80 times when his father 
was vice president for Barack Obama. The Biden family business has been very simple. Sell out America. They made a hedge, a bet that America was a sinking ship. And they wanted to get the brass off the Titanic before it was at the bottom of the ocean. And they wanted to sell that brass to the most evil people on planet Earth. President Biden had repeatedly insisted that he had no knowledge of Hunter's business dealings amid dual criminal and congressional investigations. However, Joan Mayer, who says she was the vice president of Hunter's now defunct investment firm, made at least 17 visits to the White House during that time. 80 total visits. Again, for Hunter Biden and his criminal business partners. Check it out. Uh, Four business partners of vice president of the company and two assistants at Hunter Biden's now defunct firm visited the White House more than 80 times when his father was vice president. That's according to Fox News Digital. President Biden has repeatedly insisted he had no knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings amid dual criminal and congressional investigations into his first, the first son and his family. Uh, The White House and Hunter Biden's attorney did not respond to requests for comment. Ah, why did they not respond? Well, as we've covered earlier in the show, Hunter Biden was at the Easter egg roll. You see, he's been busy palling around. He's been directly on his beleaguered, diseased father's side. This is probably why I would hedge that Joe Biden does, in fact, run for president. Donald Trump was saying maybe he won't. I think he does. Because who the hell is going to pardon this family? As soon as Joe Biden is no longer president and no longer running, it will be open season on this family. Trust me. They will absolutely throw them as quickly as they possibly can under that green electric bus that Kamala Harris is always giggling about. Hunter Biden tags along with his dad to the United Kingdom, to Ireland. That's where they are right now. First son, Hunter Biden tagged along with his dad Tuesday on a multi-day trip to Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, even as the first son is battling congressional and criminal investigations. The 53-year-old will join President Biden in Belfast on Wednesday to commemorate the 30. Uh, the 25th anniversary of Good Friday Agreement, because that's what's happened. That's what matters right now. A sightseeing trip for Joe Biden to go visit his family in Ireland. That that is the absolutely the number one most important thing for the. Well, formerly the most powerful person in the world, the president of the United States, the actual most powerful person in the world is probably Xi Jinping right now. But formerly the most powerful person in the world to go to. To go to sightseeing trip in Ireland with his criminal son who smokes crack and uh, engages in sex trafficking. Got it. Very good family. Very Catholic family. Very Christian family. That Joe Biden also for uh, uh, full child mutilation and for uh, uh, abortion up to the point of birth and after. So if you think that the leaders of this world are uh, utterly corrupt and have contempt for you, you're right. That is why we must not despair and we must look to the actual truth to someone who doesn't have contempt for us, somebody who loves us, somebody who created us, man and woman, in his own design. And that person is our Lord and Savior. That is why we have a Bible verse every single show. Today's Bible verse from Jeremiah. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Deliverance is certainly what we need. It does look as though there are bright spots inside of the culture war, but wow, we need a lot more. This is not enough, like one Bud Light boycott is not enough to stem the tide. We've got to get wise, we've got to get sharp, and we've got to get strong. And we've got to realize the people who are running this place, they are driven by self-loathing. They are driven by hatred. 
they are driven by the destruction of this nation, the destruction of the church, the destruction of you. And so we must call upon somebody who actually has the power to save us, and we must look to him. Organize your life thusly. Organize your life correctly. God, family, country, that's how we organize. And then everything else, ladies and gentlemen, will flow from that. The Prince of Peace will be upon you. You will have peace. Peace in wartime. What a wonderful thing. Ladies and gentlemen, fighting right alongside you, it's your boy Benny. This is The Benny Show. See ya.